0: Welcome to the secret world of Nicolas Flamel. This is my world. Prepare to be awakened.
1: This is Episode 3 of Awakenings. Hi, I'm Jamie.
2: I'm Jeff. Sean.
1: And Chris. And welcome to Episode 3. I'm excited to announce that the podcast now has an About Us page, which contains all of our information, including how to contact us via email addresses and the information for the podcast answering machine. So head on over there and check that out. Also, don't forget to visit the podcast page to vote in the poll and answer the question of the month because your answers could end up on the show. And we really do enjoy hearing from you guys, the listeners. I also wanted to take a moment to recognize that we are now in the less than 100 days till the release of The Sorceress, so that is exciting. I know I'm excited. Are you guys excited?
2: Of course. Absolutely.
1: Can't wait. Yes. Yeah. Alright. And before we get down to business, a little birdie told me that Jeff has a surprise for us. Now I don't know what it is, so I'm gonna pass it over to him <laughs> to find out what this yeah, yeah. is.
2: Yeah, I, I do have a little surprise. It it is okay. little. It's uh it's not a not a real big deal. But what I thought would be cool is to add to this uh, little surprise is if we could call uh Jules up and and get her on the podcast here. Uh for those of you who don't know, Jules is obviously the Admin and co-owner and all the stuff of uh, Flamel's Immortal Portal. So uh, let's, uh, let's, yeah, Miss Zephyr on the forums. So let's call her in here and see if we can get her to talk to us. I don't know if you'll get the uh, the neat little ringing noise. Guys, Jules, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you.
2: How how's everything going in uh, in the UK? It's cold. Is it it's cold? Cold and dark. Uh, that's not very good. dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're actually recording recording the uh, Germaine uh, Joan podcast right now, okay. uh, and I was just getting ready to make my little special announcement that you know about and i thought it would be fun to uh to get you on the podcast and have you announce it to everyone um the little secret that we got well it's not secret but the 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 announcement that we have yes um uh, i spoke
3: to michael during the week and and i have i have an answer for one of your questions
2: and whose question would that be
3: You've all been asking what scent, what aura scent Michael has.
2: Uh, yes, uh, that was Sean, actually. Uh, Sean specifically yeah, asked that. I asked that back at the first podcast three months ago.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, not an he's, he's keeping track.
2: <laughs> and, and what, we've got an answer?
1: Yes, we have, but since he's so eager for it, you know, I could make him wait.
2: Oh, absolutely. You could. You could. Uh, <laughs> that's you Make him guess. Make him guess. Give him some clues. Sure, then. Have a guess, then. Guess with no clues? I mean, come on. That's not fair. (laughs) He shares a a scent with one of the characters in the book. Is it burnt leaves? I'll let you think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. It's it's a character that he also shares something else
1: with. I'm going to have to say oranges. Nope. (laughs) Well, he shares a
3: birthday with Nicholas.
0: Well, then he's got to smell like mint.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't a clue. You basically told him.
3: (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> can edit that bit
2: <laughs> oh so so it's mint is it just mint
1: no it's not just mint okay. so he only gets half a peanut Uh-oh.
2: experiment <laughs> uh, well of course that's the first that's the first mint that comes to mind besides peppermint but i wouldn't think it was peppermint no
1: peppermint, cause nicholas, it's kinda...
3: is peppermint. <laughs> nicholas is peppermint and mike couldn't is be, he couldn't
2: be
0: exactly the same so we have an exclusive reveal Exclusion. on the Awakenings podcast.
2: Yes. So now no. we all know what Michael smells like. He smells gum. like, like spearmint. Double, <laughs> double mint gum. Double mint gum.
3: Mint Imperials, actually. Hey, you know what? But that's kind of do, funny. Does that,
2: mean, does that mean he has a twin? <laughs> that means, yeah, That's what I was going to really say. It's, that's it's funny. The, the, because mint double mint, the double mint spearmint gum is all about the twins.
1: <laughs> he has a thing for mint Imperials, which are a sweet... Common here, but I know that you guys don't have them.
2: Oh, okay. And they're, they're spearmint. Mints. Because they're imperial. They are.
0: Oh,
3: well, yeah,
1: they're British. <laughs> <laughs> I think mint tastes like toothpaste.
2: Well,
0: no. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't recommend the other that, way around,
2: I think the toothpaste tastes like mint.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend I just... a mouthful of uh, toothpaste,
0: though. Now that this podcast has gotten incredibly out of hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yes uh we, we do need to move on jules thank you very yeah. much for coming on we've we appreciate it it's lovely lovely hearing your accent and uh we'll uh we'll try to get you on, on on another podcast soon okay that'll be lovely thanks you guys have fun thank you bye thanks for coming bye 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 moving on uh we've Changed up the random quote of the day a little bit the last episode, and specifically made it just for you, the listeners, to email in your uh, your submission of what you think, who you think said the random quote. And of course, the random quote was said by Flamel. He was saying it to Josh and Sophie at when they in The Alchemist when they were first going to meet uh, Scatty in the hallway with all the booby traps. So the first couple people that got it right were actually mods on the forum, so we're not really going to count them even though they, they did get it right. But um, Kat Suki emailed in first with the uh, correct response, so Kat, you win, and very, very good job. Uh, I thought that was a rather difficult uh, quote myself, especially if you uh, didn't have like an ebook that you can just search for it. <laughs> uh, because it is kinda random and out there and the way it's worded a lot of different people can uh could have said it throughout the series so far. So good job Kat. Yay cat.
1: Yay.
0: That <laughs> sounds so exciting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> now we're gonna get down to some business and start talking about Jermaine and Joan. Um, first, we're going to look at the listener poll, and I believe that the results of that was you guys thought what was floating around inside Joan's head was gifted memories. So I think that was the one that won by far. I think it was like 62%. Um, so what do you guys think? What What do you think is floating inside Joan's head?
2: It, you, you never can tell. You know, w- once you think one thing, it, it's usually something completely different. But I don't know that we'll ever find out, you know. Not that she's not a, a big character or anything, but what does the memories in her in her head have to do with anything besides helping Sophie organize the witch's memories? I I, I don't know. We'll ever find the answer out. If we do, great. I, I don't know that we will, but I personally think that that they're gifted memories like Sophie's were. Just in my opinion. I agree. Not that my opinion really holds any water. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we know from her. Uh, Actual past that you know she heard voices and and things in her head, which she thought was the voice of of God telling her what to do. So you know it may have just been a nod to that, and we'll never hear about it again. Yeah,
1: it's definitely a possibility. I think it'll be neat if we do hear something about it, but yeah, I, we won't hold out on it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, well we're going to continue with some listener responses from the question of the month, and I talk hope. about.
0: We got some
2: really long responses. People really got yeah, uh, in, involved with this answer. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and, and we like it. I mean, you know, keep keep it coming. We want to hear your uh, your thoughts and ideas.
1: Yes. So we're going to talk about how did Jermaine get his immortality? Um, the first response was from Sean, not uh, uh, our Sean. Because <laughs> we don't um, care what okay. he no. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm going to talk for nope. the next hour, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you guys might get a word, um, wise, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe. Um, so Sean is from, he said Cali, I'm assuming that's California, and his response is that Jermaine went to a secret city and stayed for years. Then the natives shared their recipe of immortality with him. So I'm guessing that refers to his trip to Tibet. The second response is from Megan from Ohio, and hers was short and sweet. An elder granted him immortality, which... I think is a definite possibility.
0: Probably touch on that a little later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The next response is from Kat from Texas. And hold your breath, guys. Kat this is a won long the, one. Uh,
0: listener yes. quote guess. Hey.
1: Yes, I believe it is. She
0: made it on here twice. Yeah, she was on I the know.
1: Bottom. She said, well, first she said, I'm enjoying the podcast that you four do. Please keep up the good work. Thank you. So we do oh, enjoy the you. compliment. Thank you.
0: Those comments.
1: <laughs> i will not argue with that and she says firstly about these immortality we do know where he'd met his master i guess this was referring to some stuff we talked about previously she listed a quote from the magician it says in a dungeon deep below the bastille the prison fortress the crow goddess had taken him to the elder who granted him eternal life in return for unquestioning loyalty and then she continues on with stuff about germaine she said Francis told Dora, who was his teacher, by the way, and she lists a quote, uh, he discovered the secret of immortality when he was studying with Nicholas Flamel. He told her that while traveling in Tibet, he had perfected a formula for immortality that didn't need to be renewed each month. But when she asked for a copy, he told her he lost it. And then she continues to say, Mr. Scott confirmed on the official forum that Francis was born in 1710 and we know he'd been a student of Nicholas Flamel. He'd known Nicholas for nearly three hundred years. And she continues with some more facts. In one of the witch's memories, Sophie recalls that the witch met Francis for the first time in seventeen forty in London and knew immediately that he was immortal. So Francis had immortality sometime between studying with Flamel and meeting the witch at about age thirty. She continues on with Dee thought Saint Germain had been killed in India when searching for the fabled lost city of Ophir, I believe it's
2: Yeah, I say it, of fear.
1: Fear. We also know Francis found it as he remarked upon Nick and Perry having statues in the main square. Uh, I believe that was in India. He tells us he had met someone there who had told him how to use the secret knowledge of fire that he'd gleaned, in quotes from Prometheus, and then uh, that the teacher is the unnamed hook-handed man who, the same man who also bumped into the Flamels nearly 600 years ago and translated some of the codex from them, specifically the recipe to become immortal. And I definitely want to come back to those two quotes later. But she continues on to say, Francis couldn't have learned the secret of the Flamels because we know the recipe changes every month. He's an immortal but has no elder, so he didn't come by his immortality via a gift. I'd speculate that the mysterious hook-handed man had passed on more knowledge of fire magic to St. Germain while in Ophir. 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 Uh, legend says Ophir was along the Copen River uh, wow. near the Grand Trunk mm-hmm. Road, which leads to Punjab in northwest India. Maybe we northwest should add India. This whole
2: thing to our musing um, section here. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, really. We might email her this back. We an might email her back and ask her to. Uh, to write it up as an official musings uh, submission. Very, very good work uh, yeah.
1: so far. And she says uh, Northwest India abouts Tibet, but I think Tibet is a red herring. I think the mysterious man taught Francis how to become a mortal. She said, erm, "That was a mouthful of an email." Big text and apologies for that. No,
2: no, no apologies for that. That was that was excellent work, and uh, you brought up some very good points.
1: And we will get back definitely get back to some of those points and quotes shortly um we've got a couple more so bear with us uh <laughs> jeffrey from seattle said uh, saint germain is probably immortal by making or discovering his own elixir then there is a whole part where the real saint germain supposedly had some tibetan secret that let him be immortal perhaps it is the same in the books i wasn't aware of that no, i wasn't I'll either to look into that mm. And the last listener response is Zach from Northwest Ohio, and he said, I think St. Germain became immortal with the use of his fire. First off, he tells Sophie, while teaching her fire magic, that fire can heal. It can seal a wound, can cut out disease. If this is the case, then if he'd used it right, why couldn't he use it to keep himself young and healthy? He could cut out any disease or take care of any issue with his health with the use of his fire magic. He could probably even take care of signs of age from wrinkles on his face to aching joints to something as serious as problems with his organs. This is by itself just sounds like a good theory, but a couple other quotes from the book really made it sound very likely, and he goes on to list some of the same quotes that Kat listed, so I'm not going to reiterate right. those you know, quite that's, yet.
2: That's, a, that's an interesting point. I mean we've never really discussed that as, as a possibility. I mean I've never – That he just keeps himself alive. Yeah, with his, with his fire magic, he just heals heals himself. I, I'm not sure how that works with the, the aging thing because when your body and skin ages, it's not really an injury. So I don't know. I, I don't know that, 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 that that's his real um, way of keeping himself immortal, but it's a possibility. Yes.
0: And I've got my own um, little theories for, for, for speculation that, that kind of add a little bit to the mix, but I can get into those a little later.
1: Yeah, I've got one little more more, little more snippet from uh, Zach. He says, so he told the witch that he perfected his formula while in Tibet. And then he told Flamel that while in India, he met a man who taught him how to use his fire magic. India and Tibet are both very close together, and he could have just be fudging the story a little to hide the truth. Or he could have followed the guy to Tibet where, by learning his fire magic, he perfected, in quotes, his formula for immortality. He would have learned from this man at this time the ability of fire to heal because he told Sophie he was telling her what his teacher had told him about fire magic. Also, he could have discovered his secret to immortality while sitting with Nicholas because that might have been the time he first learned about fire magic. Also, he wasn't lying to the witch when he said he had lost the formula for immortality because he had never actually had a formula or a written one to begin with. This might also explain why he didn't give any of his formula to Nicholas to help his aging because maybe he can only do it to himself because he can't know other people's bodies well enough and would chance causing more harm than good. So it's I think decent, that is very interesting. Theory.
2: It's a theory. It's a theory. I, I, I'm not sure that, that I agree that it's the, uh, the reason that he's – I think that helps in keep normal, him invulnerable. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I I think it's going to be a little bit more detailed of how he he's immortal than just he keeps himself alive with fire because I mean he could have told Sophie about it when he gave her fire because technically if that was the way that he stays alive you know he could you know now make let her be immortal too because she has fire magic where Flamel or the other people don't have fire magic so like, like he said he may only be able to do it to himself to keep himself alive or immortal. So you have I, to have the magic power of fire.
3: Although I think there's a difference, though, too, because, like, Sophie's learned some, some fire magic, but what is Jermaine and, and Scatty, right? When Scatty comes in and says, oh, my uncle might want it back, it's not might want knowledge about how to use fire back, but, like, you you know, she said – they're talking about how he stole – I see the – I think the fire magic that he has is something more than just what Sophie learns what I assume Josh will eventually learn, I mean, because he he's he's got something that he stole and may have to give back, and and that just seems to me bigger than just
1: knowledge of how to use it. I actually want to talk about that um, because if you read it, the uh, the story says that. Anytime it says he stole the fire, it comes from Scatty. She says it twice to him, once when there's a big conversation downstairs in Jermaine's house, and it's between Nicholas and Scatty, and everybody's there. And then there's another time where she interrupts him in his studio, I believe, and he says, she says, yeah, he's going to want that back someday. But the one time that Jermaine talks about it, he says he gleaned it from Prometheus. And there was something that struck me as odd about that quote and i went and actually looked up the word gleaned because that was what was bothering me and the definition of the word gleaned was that he that it's acquired slowly over time so there's a little bit of conflicting there as to well is he lying about the fact that he stole it or was it something that he acquired slowly over time and i think if he's not lying there's a possibility that he gleaned it from an elder, or gleaned it from Prometheus. In that maybe Prometheus is well, his elder, well, and he's been studying with him.
2: First of all, the thing about it is 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 what comes into play is the actual aspect of the magic itself. I mean, he didn't really give. I mean, he he you know he touched Sophie and you know made the trigger tattoo and stuff, but it, there wasn't like um, a transfer kind of thing occurred that could be stolen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, this I mean, stolen that, that's what kind of funny to me. That confuses me too, because, like, if like,
0: with Sophie getting the the, the gift of air of from the witch, she didn't go in and get it. The witch gave it to her. So it, it's kind of like, he. I have like, maybe he tricked it out of Prometheus or made a deal to get it. So I, I think the, the, the stole it is more of the witch and, and on, on some level Sophie disagreeing with the way he got it rather than him actually stealing fire.
3: Although if you look at the quote, right, um, Josh says they're talking about why why um, the witch wouldn't, wouldn't like her, and it's actually the first part where – he says, the witch doesn't like me anymore because I don't need a recipe to remain undying. And then, so that's the first glimpse we kind of hear about the different ways you can become immortal. And Josh says, why wouldn't, Josh asks him a question. He says, essentially, why would, you know, why would you bother the witch? And Jermaine and, uh, responds, maybe because I learned the secret of fire from her brother. Well, when I say learned, I should really say stole. Josh says you stole the secret of fire. Saint Germain nodded happily from Prometheus, and then that's where Scatty steps in and says, "And one of these days, my uncle will want it back."
2: Yeah, so it's like he he, in the transfer of the fire magic from from Germain to Sophie, you know, Germain got to keep his fire magic. Where you know, if this whole transaction with Prometheus happened, Prometheus no longer has the ability to control fire. And you know, Scatty you know says he'll want it back. So, and that I mean that that's also like
0: the, when the witch gave the power to Sophie, isn't there something in there about how she can no longer she's giving the gift like she can no longer use it herself now? There there is I'm,
2: something there is she does say something I like kind of, that.
0: And so I may it makes me wonder if maybe it's an elder thing. Well, it, it because may, she said something. About, not not an elder.
2: He teaches Sophie how to use the fire. Right, but he doesn't give her fire. the witch says something when she's talking about that she says she doesn't have any any use for it anymore. I think that's what she says and I don't know how it goes. I don't know if the witch can't use air air magic anymore well it just makes you wonder like the the, the way the witch gave if, if that is the case if the witch
0: can no longer use the air magic if she willingly gave it to Sophie right. Perhaps Prometheus willingly gave it to Germaine, but under not as conducive circumstances. Yeah. I mean, if let's let's if you look at the actual myth of Prometheus.
2: Yeah, I was, was going uh, to say Jamie has has kind of a a take on that that I've discussed with her about exactly what you're talking about, Sean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Oh.
0: Um. I mean, he, he gifts the the humans the fire, and Zeus. I I, I did finger quotes. Because we don't know what he could, if he's even in the series or whatever, but he chains Prometheus to a rock, and an eagle eats his liver every day. So Jermaine stumbles upon him while he's traveling through Tibet. Perhaps you know it could have or, all happened at the same you know, time. Goes looking yeah. for him specifically. All right, he could that have was... gone. He could have gone in search for him, um, and he happens to find him. Perhaps Jermaine has a way of getting him off the rock in exchange. That was for our,
1: exactly yeah. my theory. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's I didn't fine. Want, I do not
2: want to
0: steal your I'm glad prayer. somebody
1: agrees with me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's completely possible. I, I agree with both of you. Um, I, I agree with Jamie when she was telling me about it. Uh, the same thing, Sean, uh, you know, Jermaine comes across to him and, and says, Hey, you know, give me this and I'll, I'll, I'll set you free. And that could also be how we became immortal? How we became immortal? You know, give me fire, give me immortality, because Prometheus and is it, an it, elder, and it it all depends. Like, we
0: also don't fully we don't fully
2: understand
0: the gift of immortality from an elder quite yet. We don't have a full amount of information. Like, we all we know is that if they take the gift away, you die basically instantly. Yes, um, you just age instantly. I'm reminded of the Indiana Jones end of. The uh, Last Crusade, there when he drinks from the wrong, uh, the graphic yes. in my head. Anyway. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or uh, more recently,
2: on on the Heroes, where the guy that, uh, his that lives forever, <laughs> I watch Heroes. He lives forever <laughs> well, gets his just... uh, gets his you know living forever power taken away, and he he ages to dust immediately because he was thousands of years old. So – but is that stipulation something the
0: elder throws in? Like, yes, I will give you immortality in exchange for loyalty. Only in this case it was I will give you immortality in exchange for getting me off this rock. So basically he couldn't take it back. If it's some – like we don't really understand. Like if there's a quote-unquote contract right? per se. So maybe there is no way for him to take it away because of the terms of the – of the of the gift. Of how he was given immortality. So so it's not a it's not necessarily a gift, it was a trade. Right. So I don't know you know, we don't know enough about what this gift of immortality is. And I don't necessarily know why he wouldn't he seems like the arrogant bragging type. So I don't know necessarily why he wouldn't come out and say, Hey, guess what? You know, he's already you know, he was already already a student of Flamel's you know why wouldn't he go back and say, Hey guess what I did this weekend? Right. You know, yeah, there's
1: yeah. some kind
2: of secret there that he doesn't...
1: Yeah, I was gonna just about to bring that up. There's definitely something fishy there, and there's a point where Daddy comes into the room and says, you know, you'd stolen the magic, and Flamel's there, and Flamel gets mad. He gets so mad that his, like, scent turns to, like, sour mints, and he, he hits the table and he yells, you know, he's like, enough, and he, he very heavily implies that, Jermaine's not telling the whole truth, and he's upset about something. And I mean, some of that comes about with the the hook handed man, yeah, you know, I, information and stuff. I but I think there's more to that conversation than yeah. what we're seeing. Well, I
2: took that part as he was mad about everything. um yeah, everything that was going on at that time, and he just did not want to just, dis- you know, to, to go into discussion on something else on top of everything that's going on. And he was just like he was just like, hey. Let's keep this on topic here because something and,
0: serious is going on. And the uh, at at the time, you know, you don't necessarily want infighting going on either.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so while uh, while I think it's a it's a pretty good 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 theory to go on that, you know, maybe fire wasn't stolen; it was you know got him off the rock kind of thing, basing it on the, the actual myth. I, with the way Jermaine's character is, I don't see why he would lie about it. Why he would hide that? He's very arrogant. He's very proud. He brags. I just don't see why he wouldn't tell anybody about that.
1: Well, maybe it's something that like Prometheus said something to him. Like you know, if you say something about this, this is gonna—I don't know—look bad. I mean, I mean do, up do other until this, will
2: assume he's on the rock. I, I would assume. I, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm what I yeah. think and is that.
1: Well, I think in mythology, somebody actually came and like. Rescued him from the rock.
2: I think
0: Hercules uh-huh. is one of the guys that freed the Titans type- yes. and everything like that. Yeah.
1: But I think it's one of those things. Like if somebody finds out that Prometheus gave Germain fire and gave him immortality, like what we know about immortality coming from Elders to this point is that giving immortality to a human means that you're a dark Elder. And maybe he. I mean, we know Prometheus has come elder. out as a big humani supporter. I mean, he gives fire to. Th- the humans like
2: which ultimately brings about the downfall of of the elder race.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we know he's already in trouble. But yeah. I mean, so if and it's somebody found the part about it's giving
2: game. fire, that's not you know that's not even it. You know, the witch and him gave gave fire. He showed how to harden tools. Yeah, and 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 combined metals, and that's what brought about iron.
3: Mm. Well, do we really know though that? if being an elder and giving a human immortality does make them a Dark Elder. I mean, it's just that at this point, the only two immortals that we've seen so far... Three?
2: Bastet had one. Yes. That that died in the Shadow Realm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, But that's just what we've seen so far. I mean, we know there are elders everywhere or or not everywhere but but there are a lot more of them right than than one might think that's mentioned in in one of I don't remember which one of the books um and so how do we know that you know they just haven't run into I think um, it's also and run he, into them and like, Espe- in, in that
0: respect um I think it's more the reason because if you were uh, a quote you know you' have the dark elders you want to call them the the, the good elders or the the humani supporting elders, they wouldn't just kill a human. So it's like the only thing we know about it is that it can be taken away, kind of thing. So we heard about it because it's a bad, right? They they're immortal, so they have to serve. You don't necessarily think of serving the good guys. You always the bad guys always have the people that serve them.
3: Yeah, well, but at the same time, the bad guys are probably the only one thinking of it in those terms. Right. Too. That's true. You know, well, I mean, you know the, because if, if you're a good guy and your elder is a good guy, you may not think of it as as I have to serve him. Yeah, You exactly. know, so so we I I don't know that we we do know that. I mean that's that's not to say it's not the correct thing, but I'm just I'm not sure that we do know that for for sure. Well, it's also the
2: assumption. You know, it could be an assumption. Yeah, dictating the whole difference between dark elder, good elder, whatever. The dark elders seem to be the ones. That can't come out into the open and do their own bidding. They need someone else to do it for them because they're locked away or or whatever. But, like, let's say, like with Hecate and the witch, you know, they are out and into normal life with humani, and you know, they don't have to have people to come to serve them to go out and do something for them. They can go do it themselves.
1: But it it also seems like something. Like a dark elder giving a person immortality, they don't take that decision lightly. So I imagine if it's a situation where Prometheus gave Germain immortality, that's not like a light decision. So it's something that maybe
0: that's why I don't think it is frowned upon.
1: Like maybe it's frowned upon. So maybe he, I mean, he's the guy's already in trouble. I mean, let's just face it, he's a troublemaker. But um, but yeah, I mean, it it could be something that could put him in infinitely more trouble than he's already in.
0: And, and and again, it's the, we don't know what the contract is. You know, if Prometheus said, all right, but you can't tell anybody, which is why Jermaine can't tell anybody. As soon as Jermaine tells somebody, that could be the end of it. Right. I think that, that that could be the stipulation that ends the contract. Right, exactly. But if you want, you know, to, to use the term if, contract. If, if, yeah, but,
2: even if there is a, a like an agreement, let's say agreement, I, I, even if there is that, such agreement Um, because obviously Jermaine would be extremely worried that at any time Prometheus could take his immortality away from him. So it's, if he gave him immortality, he's got to be either doing something for, continually doing something for Prometheus, not just getting him off the rock, but continually doing something for him so that Prometheus doesn't, you know, come back at him.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is why I was saying, like I said before with the we don't know
2: what the terms – if you right. can set terms if, or if it's just, okay, never mind. You're dead. Well, with my my uh, original assumption on how Jermaine got immortality was, and I, I kind of posed the question to Michael in the forums about if a Humani oh, is given immortality and that elder who gave the immortality is killed, the immortality is not revoked. The elder has to specifically take the immortality away from the humani. So, you know, I, being the kind of sneaky guy that I kind of assume Germaine is, even though he's a good guy, he's definitely got some some uh, some hidden past there. Mm-hmm.
1: Or We think he's a good guy, at least.
2: So, yeah, from what we've seen of him, he seems to be on on at least on Flamel's side. So he could have gotten the immortality and then killed the elder that then gave it to him. Killed the, the elder, or brought about what killed the elder. Like mm-hmm. in the case of Prometheus, let's say he freed him from the rock, asked for immortality, asked for fire to do it, then went and ratted out that he is free. Yeah. So he was good. yeah. So yes. then, you know, whoever the powers that be, Zeus, quote, quote, for Sean, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, says you know, he's done with it and, and kills Prometheus. And then Germain is free to yes. have immortality. Now this also brings about the...
0: Uh, kind of an interesting segue into one of my little predictions that i wanted to put out there on this podcast about saint germain here i've got the prediction coming out that germain is our necromancer
2: is our Uh, title character necromancer is
0: the necromancer from book four okay this this is my thought um and you got you have you have uh research to back this up do you well yeah i mean if you can go into any google search and do a St. Germain necromancy, and there's there's enough there where, mythologically speaking, he's known as being a necromancer. Another one, he says how the witch was his teacher. Mythologically, the witch is a necromancer.
2: So that could be what she taught him, not air magic, but necromancy. Mm
0: -hmm. Sure. Very well could be. And then that could also lead into how he may have... Gotten in touch with a dead elder. I mean, we saw D contact Hecate. I mean, he couldn't control. I don't know that she had any power, could actually do anything. But you know, maybe he got immortality and then contacted Prometheus via necromancy and
2: learned that way. Or right? We don't know. We don't really know how powerful a necromancer can be. Right, and we really don't know how powerful a a a dead elder is. Obviously, Michael has said that um, ghosts or humani spirits are have no no aura, no no orc energy, no power to do anything but you know to haunt. So, but they can travel. Is that yes? Is that the same for an uh, an elder's spirit, like we saw of Hecate? You know, she was. Given given answers to D does do they have any power from that from that place? Could a dead elder have granted him immortality through necromancy? I, I, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, we don't know exactly. But that that is my my big prediction for this podcast. My Since my talk about Saint Germain, right? My my gut feeling on that is I, I don't for for some reason I do not believe that Germain is the necromancer. I 100% agree with your research. I, I really do. I just – I can't – for some reason, I don't I, I don't buy it. See, the I, other thing don't with, it's him. with it is um, Michael posted on the
0: forums a, a, at some point. It might have been – I forget which thread it was in, but he said that we will learn a lot more about St. Germain in book four. So that alone is also a bit of a – Did he
2: say book four or did he say book three? He said book four. Okay.
1: I think he said book four. Okay. Um, well,
2: no, I can – that, that's fine. I I believe you. I just for whatever reason I I don't think we've met the necromancer yet. In my opinion, fair enough. It's not what this podcast is about, but <laughs> no, no, no. Well, if, if, <laughs> if we're talking about you know arguing the point of Jermaine being it, mm-hmm. that's you true. Know, so, so yes, I I am arguing the point that Saint Germain is the necromancer, and and you have you do have very strong research to argue that point. I will I will give you that. All the roads are leading to him right now, which is probably why it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> that could could be exactly why I'm gun shy about it. <laughs>
1: Curses foiled again. All right, well, uh, let's switch here because we we do have another character here that we're supposed to be talking about. Oh, let's yeah. talk a little bit who? about Joan. <laughs> um,
2: Who's Joan of Arc? Never heard of her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who she could be. I thought
2: this was just a germaine podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, well, what we do know about her, we do have some interesting things. We do know that she is an owner of a Silver Aura, like Sophie, and we do know that she was very close with Scatty. But one of the big things I want to talk about is uh, she isn't mentioned when Machiavelli and Dee talk about their files. Why do you guys think that is?
2: Yeah, how did she sneak by their file You know what? I'm really not... I think Machiavelli has has some some good files on a lot of things, but you know what? He he missed Joan completely. I think it's why D D missed Jermaine completely. Let alone Joan. You know he thought he was dead. So I don't think these guys' files are as 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 accurate as they think they are. I. I, think it's more I agree. Machiavelli could have easily found out where Germaine is living because Germaine is. is I agree, a, is a pop but star.
1: but Not just okay. because he's
2: Germaine, but he's the pop star, and obviously Machiavelli knows him. He's in
0: Let's
1: think about before. this for a second, though. Machiavelli did have some of his people at Germaine's house. That being said, it would have been nearly impossible for them to miss Joan if they are married. And I want to present – this is my big theory for the evening. Sean got his. I'm going, to, I'm going to wager a guess here that there's a comment made that there are seven immortals living in Paris. Two are not loyal to them, Germaine and Catherine de Michi. De, and then there are five that are loyal to them, but they do not list those five. What if Joan is one of those five?
0: Well, if, if – You she, think Joan could be a bad girl?
1: Yeah, I mean, was. because think about it. If they were monitoring Machiavelli, a she could be the one monitoring, or not Machiavelli, uh, Germaine. She could be the one monitoring him.
2: Wh- why? For would, one thing, why would why would Machiavelli leave her out of the uh, of the whole mix with D? He he never because mentions her at all. He
1: was right? looking he was looking for people that would have allied with Flamel, not people that were loyal to them. No, no,
0: because no. Why would, he, why
2: would he Why would say something like if if oh, Joan hey, is if Joan is working for him? Or them? Why would D not know about it?
1: For the same reason that he doesn't know everything that Machiavelli is up to. I mean, he knows a lot of it, I but Machiavelli would go out of some... his
0: way. I don't. Why would Machiavelli go out of his way and say, "Oh, hey, Joan, you're here"? Right. Like, it seems like.
1: Yeah, but I don't and, think and... I don't think Machiavelli's that dumb and ignorant to have missed her there's a reason there's a ve- there's got to be a good reason why I'm sure there
2: is but the thing that that sways me on that is the whole scatty connection i mean scatty jones is, is, is alive because of scatty and she has scatty's blood inside of her i i, I just can't see her being a, a double agent i really really she just, just can't seem to see that. actually
0: like jermaine so. yeah.
2: yes <laughs> maybe she's just a really good spy yeah, <laughs> she could be. Um, so possibly,
1: I just Sophie. find it really she odd helps, that she
2: helps Sophie. Yeah,
1: you know. I
3: wonder if if they actually knew Joan was actually alive and an immortal in the first place. Right, I mean, because we know
2: and she was because she didn't get it by an, by an elder. You know, she, he got it by Scatty saving her. Yes, but
0: Machiavelli state. knew who she was. He just didn't know she was in Paris.
3: I think if he didn't know she was in Paris that would debunk a little bit the sorry Jamie your, your theory right because yeah. if he didn't know but he knew seven were in Paris and five were but
1: were I loyal I find them, it hard to she believe be one of those five I find it hard to believe that he didn't know because somebody was watching Germaine remember he he has he said he had agents watching all of the immortals that he knows about. See, and if somebody's watching Jermaine, how did they mean, not know that they were living in the same house? I didn't but he remember, knew exactly where you lived.
3: I don't remember him recognizing Joan, though. I, that I admit.
1: So
2: when did he see Joan? When did Marcy I don't really think he ever saw. Her. Okay. So
1: Other than maybe in the catacombs. Then
2: how does he know her? Then how does he know she wasn't there? I do
0: remember him how does saying. He know she
2: was there? Because uh, you know, Jamie says I, said I, a I do ago. remember
0: him saying something along the lines of. I didn't know Joan was in Paris. Yeah, so it's, that, prob- it's probably not those exact words. That's but what that we would that need to that kind of look at. I wouldn't even know where to begin to yeah, I don't
2: even Yeah, I don't even remember that part. Because I thought that they never had any kind of interaction with Joan. She never came out of the house. She never left the house. Ever. That's what I
0: mean. That's what I was saying is if she was always in the house and just the people that were watching – um, sorry, the people that were watching Jermaine – they might not have been in his house because right. I don't. He didn't have servants or anything. It was just him and Joan in the home. Right. So if if Joan never leaves the house or only enters it from, you know, other areas or something like that, secret passages or whatnot. Right. Then there's no
2: way the per- if the person was just following Jermaine. Right. They could know he lives there, but not know if someone else lives there with him. I mean, and Sigetti the people watching the house. Right, no. she didn't know anything about it, and the people watching the house may not have known who Joan of Arc is, and just thought, "Hey, that's Jerraine's wife. That's no big deal." Unless they might not have known it was, yeah, yeah. They might have known it was, it was Joan. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's a possibility. There's obviously something fishy going on there. Yeah, I mean, that's
2: a harder one to swallow for me, though. I I don't know that that I can go there with her. You may possibly end up being completely correct, but.
1: I just, I don't know. I just find it hard to believe that Machiavelli is that unobservant. I mean, I realize there are flaws in both his and Dee's files, but that being said, considering the circumstances and how he's monitoring the situation, he's a pretty smart guy. So I find it hard to believe that he would just completely, a hundred percent, miss her, or miss that she was there. Right.
0: Uh, I'm doing a little We're, search here. Yeah, see if you can I'm going to try to find that that section. So. I might, I might be a little quiet.
2: We kind of never did. Just, we kind of just skated over our original question of uh, Joan and Sophie having the Silver Aura and them, conne- the connection of them having the Silver Aura. Is there – was there anything to that anybody wanted wanted to add? No. I think it's I, – I don't know. I think it's
1: definitely an important point, and I think we're going to see more about it. I think – because I think there's a definite connection between them. Joe makes a comment about how we're sisters, or it makes us sisters, because we have, both have silver auras. They both so have think, voices
2: in their heads. They both have silver auras.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. Yeah. I think that's going to become more important. I'm just not sure what it all means yet. Right.
3: Uh, well, I'm going to be a jerk and say I think it's important, but I have no idea why.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing to back just that up. I just, say, yeah, yeah, just, that's right. Just, just, just throwing complete, it out there. <laughs> complete speculation. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: But it's another one of those nagging things in the back of my head where you know there's there's been enough there's just been too much to draw our attention to the fact that that they both do have this have a silver aura for me to ignore it and and dismiss it. But at the same time, I have no idea what it could eventually mean. I mean, I, right. I just I have not been able to figure that out. So
1: yeah, you know. I think I think Sophie could definitely learn a lot from Joan just on. How her like the strength of her aura and the power of her aura, and that type of thing. Right. But much past that, I, I think they're going to find they have a lot more similarities than the things that have already been mentioned. But much past that, at this point, I think it's kind of.
2: Yeah, because it's it's it is mentioned several times, but there's nothing to to tie that together to them right now. You know, I mean, there's nothing else besides them having it that would would tie their characters together
1: well and then another interesting point that i kind of noticed was that both Jermaine and joan are students of two of the more major characters full and scatty respectively so i think that might kind of be an interesting connection there and um but what do you guys think in terms of what kind of influence this will have on Jervain and Joan, the fact that they've studied with two of these.
2: Specifically to to Joan, you know, that that's what kind of gives my credence to not thinking Joan is on the bad side, is her relationship with Scatty, and how she, what she did in her real, um, the real mytho- mythology of Joan of Arc. Scatty's blood is in her, and she's a warrior. Um, she doesn't hesitate to, to fight. Um, you know, she can Bring up that chainmail aura protection on her at will, and 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 she's a warrior. So I, I think that Scatty's teaching and blood in her and and, and whatnot has really made her uh, a big warrior and tool in this in this series. We we're, we're, I think we're going to see some good battles with Joan Jermaine, You know, is, is is the fishy one there? Because you know he 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 started with Flamel and he is Germain uh, is an alchemist, but we don't know what he did when he was off on his travels. So can't really say that I think Flamel's teachings had a lot of impact on him, except that he he does respect him. Uh, Jermaine does seem to respect Flamel tremendously. It's just what he did in 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 India and and. Where he got his immortality and, and fire—that I really want to know about before I can say what 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 kind of of character he's he has learned from Flamel.
1: Although there is a comment, I don't, I'm not sure who exactly made it, but when they're at the Eiffel Tower, there's a comment that somebody makes about, well, don't be, you know, so like, don't discount Germain because he could take down the entire Eiffel Tower. Basically, they implied that his alchemy alchemy skills, similar to what Flamel does, he could take down the entire tower at the bat of an eye. So I think he he definitely learned a lot of skills and alchemy, and there's another quote about how he's a jeweler. So I think he definitely did learn a lot from Flamel. I don't know, I guess I kind of see Jermaine as, kind of a sponge for knowledge he just seems to acquire all kinds of magical training from wherever he can get it from because you've got him getting it from flamelon and you've got him getting it from the the hook-handed man and you know obtaining stealing or whatever he did with fire magic and so i mean he seems like he's a pretty powerful character could be oh i you know i don't I don't know
3: that their influence, besides the fact that they have both learned a lot from them, like Joan learned a lot from Scatty and Jermaine learned a lot from Flamel. I don't, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think I know enough about either one of Jermaine or Joan to, to know if that is going to have any impact or not on, on their character otherwise, other than just the fact that they've got knowledge about different things from them. And I guess part of that's because there are things about Joan that, that sort of bother me. And, and it's the fact that, you know, because Michael does base so much on what is really documented with respect to these folks historically, I'm bothered by the whole fact that, you know, the real Joan of Arc started hearing voices at 12 and a half or 13 years old, right? Wasn't burned at the stake for, except for years later had what even the catholic church acknowledges were some predictions that came true and and fairly detailed predictions as to what was going to happen with respect to like um the fact that she'd be injured in in the one particular battle and where but it wouldn't be mortally and what would happen and um how long it would take for for um england to fall to france and and then she was burned at the stake and that's where then Scatty comes in and rescues her well one why why did Scatty rescue her when did Scatty meet her what like the voices that she has if they really were gifted memories when did she get them if if he holds true to carrying if Michael holds true to carrying a lot of the the real historical facts through there, there's so much there, there's so many years there of me wondering why would Joan be trained by the, by this warrior before she was immortal, and why would Scatty take up the cause of for on behalf of France? You, you know, I mean, there's just, there's a handful of things that I, when I piece together with Joan, that give me problems in deciding I- exactly some of, of her history, and, and so I have trouble coming up with my own theories about what's going to happen because I'm still trying to sort out some of those questions.
1: Well, and I think that's a good point. And we also have to look at the fact that Scatty and Joan were really close there for a really long time when she trained her, but then when they run into each other in France, she doesn't know that she's married to Germaine. She hasn't seen her in hundreds of years. Like, what happened in those several hundred years between the time that Scatty saved her life and made her immortal – and the time that they meet up again in France. right. Like there's a lot of fishy open time there that a lot of things could have gone well, and on. And
2: also in The Alchemist, when she mentions Joan of Arc, she says that she died and has tear is teary eyed, I believe it says. when she's speaking of um, of Joan. And've I've
0: got something to interrupt you guys with here. Sure. the, uh, the whole necromancy thing we were talking about before. Uh, yeah. D, D says, not necess- um, about how, this is when the gargoyles are attacking them outside of the chapel. Uh-huh. And Machiavelli and D are up on the roof. And Machiavelli gets shot with the arrow, so he can't control his, uh, creatures anymore. Uh, Machiavelli says, the boy and girl, we need them alive. D says, not necessarily, I am a necromancer, I can reanimate their corpses. Right. So, a reanimated person is different than a ghost or... Or something of that nature.
2: Right. So he's. he So obviously you, you they would
0: still have their power, and he would be able to control them at that point.
2: You think they? So would going still, back
0: to okay. the, to the Germain being able to reanimate an Elder's corpse and control it to do what his bidding. But I'm I'm still trying to find the whole Ma- uh, Machiavelli knowing about Joan thing. But,
3: <laughs> well, and since since he since Sean's gonna go back to looking and and not paying attention to the rest of us, <laughs> um, I'm gonna actually while he was doing that, I pulled I I found in The Alchemist the the part I think Jamie that you were talking about um, when Scatty in The Alchemist mentions Joan. She doesn't yeah. say well, Joan. That was guy. Jeff.
2: She does. Jeff
3: said it. Okay. Yeah. What? Whatever. One, one of you guys.
1: <laughs> I know. Um, so we're just people now I get it yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever, you guys. again
3: what time is it, <laughs> um, it it's never met him Scat hawk said though I did train dear Joan and fought by her side at Orleans I told her not to go to Paris she added very softly pain in her eyes and so okay she doesn't say she's dead and you could say pain in her eyes because I mean let's face it having to save her from burnt, being burnt at the stake and then eventually having to you know Turn her into essentially a vampire and a mortal human, if that's not necessarily what Joan wanted, or even if it was, I can't imagine that was a very pleasant time, <laughs> you know. And so that could be the reason, just in je- for for the pain in her eyes. But she doesn't she doesn't say she was dead.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I just jumped to that as well as as Sean interjected there. I took it as that when I when I read The Alchemist, I took it as that she was talking about when Joan was was burned at the stake. Obviously, we find out later that Scatty saved her at that point, but still, with the pain in her eyes, what else could she be, inflect- inf- in the- could she be inflicting with that?
3: Although, you know what I just found too? Mm-hmm. So actually we're, we're wrong because I didn't read the whole paragraph. It says uh, – after because they also remember oh. that same exchange we're talking about King Tut. Yes. And, and so Josh says, I just realized that both of those people, Joan of Arc and Tutankhamun, died young. Very young, Josh said, sobering, recalling his history. They both died when they were 19. Yes, they did, didn't they? Scatty agreed, turning away to look at Nicholas Flamel and the goddess with three faces.
2: Yeah, that's one of those things that Michael kind of could throw in there to say, you know, she says, yes, they did, didn't they? with a question mark, and then she turns and walks away. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's obviously leading them down a, a, the wrong direction, the wrong line of thinking at that point.
3: Right. Well, and, and, you know, who knows why she's not saying to them, that she's given not- what's going on though, too, wh- at, at the moment they're having that conversation could very well be why, well, I'm not going to go and blow, you know, everything, you know, about, about history just yet until, you know, King Tut and, and Joan of Arc Arnold aren't are, are, in fact dead. I mean, right. you know, there could be some of that too, because they're both going through an awful lot at this point. Right. So, but, um, so, but anyway.
2: It's very interesting.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think we should move on to uh, Jeff's really random quote, see, unless he's found it. <laughs> I,
0: I can't seem to find
2: anything where that says anything about how Machiavelli didn't know.
1: Well, she maybe was we either,
3: there.
2: either way that he didn't know or did know, because they never they do they ever even acknowledge that she's there, D or Machiavelli.
3: See, I don't remember that. I don't remember them acknowledging it. I didn't
2: either. Yeah, I don't
3: either. You know, I mean, she, we know that I, the don't know who she her. is um, because they ask her and when she responds and says, I'm Joan of Arc, they, they say, well, never heard of you. <laughs> um, yes. But I don't, I don't remember them, I don't remember there ever being that confrontation between them to, to get that mm. to happen.
0: Right.
1: I don't know. that it made. I know, remember maybe someone eating. saying they
0: didn't know someone was somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, why don't we do this? Why don't we pose it to the listeners? If you guys can find this in the book, you'll get a mention on the podcast. Let us know the page number and the quote, and uh, we'll we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. That's an excellent idea. <laughs> All right, and um, I guess we'll pass it on to Jeff and let him do his random quote of the day.
2: Random quote of the day time. Okay, guys, I have basically through this whole uh, recording been trying to find my random quote of the day. Glad to
1: see you're prepared. Yeah, well,
2: (laughs) it's one of those things where you you go to sit down and go to look at your notes and realize you haven't done it yet. (laughs) So I have found what I think to be a a pretty decent one. I don't think it's going to be as hard to find as the one – Last month was, but uh, again, this is for the listeners to uh, to email in, and whoever emails in first uh, and is correct will get mentioned on the next show. And
1: you're just taking the fun away from us again. I
2: am, you know. I, you guys are too good. You, you'll you'll bang it out first time. You just
1: so. think we cheat. That's why you won't <laughs> let us do it anymore.
2: Hey, now I didn't say that. I I may have implied that.
1: It was implied.
2: <laughs> Anyways, all right. This quote is very short. It's only four words, and uh, let's see if anybody can can find it. No fear, no panic, and that's it. That's a hard yeah, one. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. It, it is and it isn't because there's probably only this one location in both the books that it, that those words appear together. But looking for them might be a little difficult if you're going through paper, you know, for the
3: oh, I know what it is. Books. This. Keep it to yourself. <laughs>
2: Keep it to yourself. <laughs> and uh, we'll see next next uh, episode if you're right. All right, and guys. Speaking of the next episode. Sure. Go right ahead. What are we doing? Oh, you're asking me? I thought you were going to take off one of there. Okay.
0: I'll, okay, fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the next episode. Speaking of the next episode, we are going to be covering the covers of the books and what they – what secrets they held to the actual books themselves. We'll kind of dissect the covers of the alchemist and the magician and see if any of the symbols or um, objects on those covers revealed something about the story, specifically, you know, specific things about the story. And then we'll go to the sorcerer's cover and try to see if we can make any predictions from the cover itself. Which will be good because we're planning – actually planning a predictions episode, uh, which will be coming out right before the Sorceress release, and you'll get to hear what all of our thoughts are of of what's actually going to happen in the Sorceress, and then you can email and make fun of us when we're completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But that is all the time we have for today. Um, you can contact us via email at awakenings at immortal portalcom Don't forget to vote for us every month on Podcast Alley. Uh, check out our new About Us page on the podcast page on the Portal site. And obviously then <laughs> – go ahead. Before we go with, with, with the cover's discussion,
0: the uh, question of the month we're going to give to you is on the Sorceress cover – What's your favorite piece about the Sorceress cover, and what do you think it has
2: to do with what could possibly be coming in the Sorceress? Uh, good question, considering what we're what we're doing next. Next, yeah, ones. so it'll
0: it'll help us lead right into our, our discussion on it. Absolutely, and hopefully we get some uh, different choices for for favorite part of the cover and some interesting thoughts on it. Right, and for the poll, we're gonna take it nice and easy and just say. Which one of the three covers is your favorite so far? Nothing too, too in-depth on that one, just personal opinions,
2: just to see what, what people think. That's that for the uh, next month Great. March. Great. Thanks for uh, giving us that, Sean. Um, I do have another little bit of, of information I want to throw in here right now. Obviously, this podcast is coming out in February, and February happens to hold the birthday of one of our hosts Really now? Now, Yes, it does. Now, Hmm. who do you Mm. think that could be?
1: I think I'm going to go crawl in a hole now.
2: Oh, I think it's Jamie. (laughs) It is. It is Jamie's birthday. Um, What are you going to be turning, Jamie? 12? 13? What uh, what
1: was
3: that, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Charlie? Hey,
3: watch that. (laughs) Don't (laughs) be taking 30 as offensive.
1: No, actually, I think I'm one of the younger people, other than Sean. I think Sean's a baby, but uh, I will be turning 27 on the 20th.
0: I see, I'll, I'll be 27 later this year, so I'm not that much of a baby. No, you're a baby. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I, th- I think I think then then we we have to do what we have to do.
3: Oh no! No, you don't want me to? Are, are we I really? I we have? To.
0: Are, are we, we going really to, want to, want me to? I, I
3: think we can leave that part out. Um, I'm per I, Jamie. <laughs> um, my gift to you is the fact that I will not send it. I appreciate it. it. Okay, how about this?
2: How about this? See, that's list- but I
3: will
1: say happy birthday.
2: Everybody that's listening, flood Jamie's PM box or her email.
1: Oh, please don't flood <laughs> my PM box. It's already <laughs> flooded.
2: With uh, birthday wishes, and uh, and we'll leave it at that. So, But happy birthday, Jamie. Happy, happy birthday. Thank you, guys. <laughs> well, that is all we have for this episode. Until the next legate opens, this is Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris signing off.
1: welcome to episode three um today we are going to okay i totally need to start over (laughs) fail all right
2: vision mailed
1: (laughs) exactly well it shouldn't be hard for some of us to play dumb (laughs) i won't name names jamie (laughs) (laughs) thanks john and i totally cannot do this right now (laughs)
0: Okay. That was terrible. I know it was terrible. That was, that was, was, terrible. That was horrible. Cece is a terrible introduction. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Alright, so I must be insane because you guys are telling me no ringing sound? Yeah. Well, I hear it.
2: Jules? <laughs> are you there, Jules? She's just
3: healing the voice, isn't she? No,
2: it's still, it's still ringing. So no, I
3: mean, I hear the ringing.
2: Do you really? I think it's just <laughs> yes, in your I head. Do.
1: That's <laughs> <all> <laughs> I, I do. Yeah.
2: It's got to be in your head. <laughs>
1: We're nine minutes in the recording, and I already have an editing nightmare. Yes.
0: I think she's going to break. I think we broke Chris.
2: (laughs) I think she broke herself. Jules? I'll just bring myself in then, shall I? (laughs) (laughs)
1: There she is.
2: Um, I'll do like – I'll say ring ring, and then you can say hello, and then Jamie can cut my ring ring part out. Okay, all right, or not? Or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're uh, we're gonna call Jules here to uh, get this little surprise announcement that we've got, uh, and I'm calling her right now. Ring, ring.
1: I'm busy.
2: Wow. <laughs> you are so bad. You are killing Jamie.
1: <laughs> You're making it so difficult. going to be fun to
2: cut. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and we'll cut there and fake hang up (laughs) click (laughs) (laughs) again Again. and Jamie's going to be editing for about three weeks